It seems kind of hopeless right now, but you're going to figure this out. This is pretty debilitating. I'm able to turn my pain into purpose. There are people out in the world that do understand what you're going through. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and this week we'll be speaking with Andrea about her journey with rheumatoid arthritis. Andrea developed symptoms of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis when she was only 10 years old. She is now in her mid-40s, and living with RA has taken her to several unexpected places. Andrea wasn't diagnosed until she was 24 years old. It took so long because her tests at the time were all negative, but she was eventually diagnosed clinically with rheumatoid arthritis. Since her diagnosis was clinical, there were many times when she doubted whether or not she even had this disease. But in the decades since Andrea was diagnosed, there have been huge advancements in the diagnostics of RA. New tests have been developed, and recently Andrea took a couple of those tests and they were positive. Hearing Andrea discuss getting that positive test is fascinating because part of her growth and her journey with this disease was learning to let go of ever getting that validation. Andrea will talk to us about what many would consider to be alternative forms of treatment for RA, like her extensive research and use of essential oils, which she uses not only for herself with rheumatoid arthritis, but also in her work as an athletic trainer. Andrea was so much fun to talk to, and she has a very unique perspective, unlike any we've discussed so far on this podcast, especially when pertaining to rheumatoid arthritis. I'm very excited to have her on the show. I'm thrilled to bring you this interview today, and we'll get to it in just a few minutes. I hope everyone out there is having a great holiday season. We are just a few days away from 2024. I can't believe it. I have been extremely busy. We did not have a show last week, and you know, I mentioned that was going to happen because of the holiday season. What I did not mention is that a large part of why that happened is that Andy and I went on our first ever vacation, just the two of us. We've been on a lot of family trips together or little weekend getaways, but we'd never been on a true vacation, just the two of us. So we went to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico for 11 days. We had an absolutely incredible time. So much to say about it. In fact, we're going to record a whole podcast about it. That will be this month's bonus podcast for our community of listeners supporting us on Patreon. This is a bonus podcast I'm really excited to record. And over the course of our trip, you know, my diagnosis with MCAS came into play in several different ways that I'm really excited to talk about on the podcast. So if you're interested in signing up to support this podcast while gaining access to special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes, you can check out our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast. Extra special thank you to our Patreon producers, Supporting this podcast at the highest tier of $25 per month, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Trish O'Brien, and Hipster Leia. Andy and I will be sitting down to record a bonus episode about our trip to Puerto Vallarta sometime within the next week, so if you are already signed up on Patreon, keep your eyes peeled for that bonus episode coming soon. We got a comment on Spotify this week that I wanted to share with you. This is on my diagnosis episode when Andy and I discussed the fact that I was just diagnosed with mast cell activation syndrome. This episode is from a few months back. Chantel H. Kirk comments, Great episode. Despite popular belief, FND, or functional neurological disorder, is not a diagnosis of exclusion. There are tests to make a positive diagnosis of FND. Check out Professor John Stone's work. The trauma theory is also outdated. Chantel, thank you for this information. This is news to me. I am someone who was at one point misdiagnosed with conversion disorder, which has since been renamed to FND, which is why I'm so excited to hear that there's new research happening around this. Tests to help make a positive diagnosis. I think that's very exciting. I would love to learn more about that. Chantel, if you're listening to this, please feel free to send me an email, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear more. I'm always excited to share new resources with you, the listeners of this podcast, whenever they come to my attention. And this week, my dad sent one to me that he came across that I'm really excited about. This is a great resource. It's called How to Get On. It's actually a blog that is focused on how to have a great disabled life. There are guides to how to get on social security, other forms of disability, applying for housing, and so, so much more. If you have an invisible illness, a disability, chronic illness, this is an amazing resource with so much information. You can find it at howtogeton.wordpress.com. I will put a link to that in the description of this episode. 
I'm so excited that this podcast is affiliated with Rare Patient Voice, an amazing program that connects patients or caregivers to research studies and surveys. If you have a diagnosis of any kind or are a caregiver, you qualify to participate in research studies and surveys where you can be paid an average of $120 per hour for your time. We had somebody new sign up on Rare Patient Voice this week using our affiliate link, which I really appreciate every time that happens. I receive a $10 Amazon gift card, which I use to purchase my supplements that I take for mast cell activation syndrome. So this is a great way to support your community of people with your disease, earn a little bit of money, and support this podcast at the same time. If you're interested in signing up, head to rarepatientvoice.com slash majorpainpodcast. This episode of Major Pain is made possible in part through a creator grant from the Stimpunks Foundation. The Stimpunks are supporting neurodivergent and disabled individuals directly. I've been thanking the Stimpunks in every episode for several months, and this will actually be the last episode because they will be naming a new creator grantee in the new year. And I wanted to thank them in every episode for which I was the current grantee. So I wanted to share one last heartfelt thank you to the Stimpunks Foundation for the incredible support that I've received. As a creator grant recipient, it means so much to me. It came at an amazing time in my life, right before I actually won my disability case. It helped to get me through the last leg of that journey, (laughs) where I've been fighting to get disability for about three years. I was thrilled to feature the Stimpunks on the podcast. We have a great episode with them a few episodes back with Chelsea and Ryan from the Stimpunks Foundation. It's an incredible organization. I highly recommend you check them out, stimpunks.org. If you are in need of support, you can apply for a mutual aid grant. If you're a content creator like me doing something in the disability or neurodivergent space, you can apply for a creator grant. Or if you have the resources to donate, this is an incredible organization to put your support behind because that support will go directly to an individual in need. Check them out at stimpunks.org. And for the last time for now, thank you so much to the Stimpunks. I'll remind you, as always, that I am not a medical professional, and nothing on this podcast is intended as medical advice. Please do not take any medical action based off what you hear on this podcast without first consulting your doctor. And with that, we'll jump into our fantastic conversation with Andrea about juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been chatting back and forth on Instagram for probably a couple months now, so I'm really excited to finally meet you. We just had some weird computer problems. Thank you for your patience. It took 20 minutes for my computer to decide it was ready to start recording. <laughs> but here we are, ready to go, excited to get to meet you today and to hear your story. Well, thank you. Really, thank you for having me. And honestly, the computer problems just give me a lot of confidence for anything I'm doing in the future. So actually, (laughs) it may be a a divine download, actually, a need need to happen. (laughs) There you go. Divine download is a great name for something. I don't know what. Uh, Andrea, let's get to know you a little bit. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Uh, I am uh, in my mid-40s. I am an athletic trainer, uh, which a lot of people mistake as being a personal trainer, and that is not the case. I have a Master of Science degree uh, in athletic training, sports medicine. Um, I did an undergrad double major uh, with that, and then also biology, secondary ed. So I actually started as a high school teacher and an athletic trainer, uh, I decided to make myself crazy. I guess I wanted two full-time jobs in one. <laughs> I began as a teacher in Daytona, actually, in Florida. And then I went the complete opposite direction <laughs> up to Rhode Island. Mm. And I have been in Rhode Island for 21 years, uh, working at uh, an NCAA college. So working with a lot of athletes, uh, which I really love. I really thought my only passion would be athletic training. And then I had some physical difficulties, which uh, made me rethink. And I'm realizing now I really want to educate and advocate a different population. Mm. I'm originally a Jersey girl, South Jersey girl. Uh, I am a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. (laughs) Um, and and so I do enjoy 
sports, whether it, if I can do it, I'd like to do it. If not, it's, you know, enjoyable to watch and get in, get in the, the mood of screaming at a TV <laughs> or get excited about it. <laughs> Movies wise, love, love a good scary movie. Mm. Not so thrilled about suspense for some reason. I think <laughs> maybe because that's life as it is. I don't want to <laughs> watch it in a movie. I enjoy like the Game of Thrones and House of Dragons yeah. and some of the nerdy stuff, uh, Marvel and DC related. I have a few tattoos that represent uh, different parts of my life. I enjoy cooking. Uh, I love essential oils and alternative medicines. Mm. And I do get nerdy over um, just learning something new and I kind of dive into it. Um more recently, I've been doing stuff with human design and learning about um, the aspect of, you know, energy levels. Can you remind <laughs> me what human design is? I, a former guest mentioned this once and I'm racking my brain. I just cannot remember uh, what she told me about it. What is human design? All right. So, Jesse, I'm a novice at it, okay. but just basically tells you how you relate to the world, how how you do things, how, you know, you take on adversity or even triumphs and mm. how you organize your life and your thoughts and actions, actually. It's the best yeah. way I can describe it. But I think it's the most I've felt to be true. Like I've seen people do personality colors and different things like that to try to relate to um, others, you know, especially sales professionals will do this. And it never really resonated with me. But this human design, I just feel like validation as huh. to who I am. Wow, <laughs> you know, so interesting. Having a messy house or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, very, very outside my, uh, my realm of experience. But I love hearing you about things that people are passionate about, things people are excited about. Um, even if it's something I... I don't don't know anything about. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you for sharing with us. I do feel like I have a sense of you, a little bit of sense of who you are. And I'm so curious to jump into your health journey. So mm -hmm. Andrea, what is your major pain? Well, my major pain for, well, maybe since I was about 10 or 12 has been juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Wow. Um, since you were 10 or 12 years old, you've had arthritis since you were a, a, a small child. <laughs> yeah, I can, wow. say, but undiagnosed at the, oh, that okay. time. But I yeah. can look back and tell you the same feelings I had then. Wow. I have now had then. You know, I'm a little familiar with a few different forms. There's, you know, osteoarthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriatic arthritis. So oh. rheumatoid, so juvenile uh, rheumatoid arthritis, basically meaning that the autoimmune form of arthritis starts when you are young, starts at for you around 10 or 12 years old? Yeah, um, when I was diagnosed when I was 24. Wow. Uh, the funny thing is, is when I took my pediatric files and went to an adult physician, I looked at those files and there were so many times when either my pediatrician or the hand doctor I saw or the knee doctor I saw had written in their notes, um, may test for JRA and never <laughs> tested. Oh no. And yeah, and then I was 24 with or 23 ish with my own insurance. And I decided to just go to the rheumatologist. I'm like, I don't know what else I have this master's degree knowledge of the body. And uh, if if you don't know an athletic trainer, we are basically specialists of bones and joints and injuries and muscles. And here it is, I have these things happening and I cannot nail it. I cannot figure out what's going on. And so my resort at that point was, look, my grandpa's got arthritis. My great grandmother had it on the other side. Let's go to a rheumatologist. Who knows? Maybe they know something. Wow. And right away, the guy was like, Dr. Um, Sal was like, yep, you have it. I can, Your tests are negative, but you have it. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah. So it was a clinical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's yeah. something that like... That's definitely something that happens where the tests will be negative, but someone will still have arthritis. And it's very yeah. frustrating that a lot of doctors sort of refuse to even broach the subject of that. It's like, okay, your tests are negative. Let's move on. And with rheumatoid arthritis, your diagnosis can change. They say an average of like four to six times that wow. you could have different diagnoses. And 
I don't know if I would count all those little diagnoses I had. I guess I could count them as the wrist pain. Oh, it's carpal tunnel. Oh, the jaw pain. Oh, it's TMJ. Like all of those, but nobody ever added them up. Yeah. And very frustrating. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's ignorant bliss too. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, for at least a while <laughs> until until like I'm in college and I'm going to athletic training classes and I'm coming home and I can't turn my dorm key and I'm like what is going on that's when the ignorant bliss disappeared <laughs> yeah. and became frustration so what does your symptom picture look like over the years it's changed I mean I have a I have a fake hip I got that when I was about 35. Wow. Um, I have a fused wrist. I um, have an other surgical uh, stuff happened to my other wrist. Early on, it was it really was it was like TMJ, TMJ, wrist pain and knee pain, unexplained mm. knee, unexplained wrist, unexplained jaw. I really look back to when I was 16 and I was in the specialist for my jaw and I, being from Jersey, Boston's really far away. And the doctor wanted to send me to Boston to get my jaw cracked, reset with like metal in it and, and all this. And I'm so grateful that one, we were poor, <laughs> too poor to have that happen. <laughs> and um, also that my mom wasn't okay with that happening. Yeah. You know? Wow. And that, because that was a misdiagnosis at the time. Right. I mean, it would have solved a lot of problem at the time with that, but it wouldn't have solved the the issues. Yeah, the main issues. So. And what is the so what is the solve for the main issues? Once you get a diagnosis uh, in your twenties, is there medication that they start you on that is helpful? Um. Well, a bit of my journey was um. So I'm twenty three, twenty four. I have my own insurance. I'm being my own young adult and big kid, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm on my own and. The rheumatologist told me, yeah, you have severe rheumatoid arthritis and the drugs you need are $30,000 a year yeah. and your insurance doesn't cover it. So here, take a lot of these chemo drugs. And so they gave me a chemo drug known as methotrexate. Mm -hmm. And I took eight pills, which is like the max. And I'm like, uh, I was 110 pounds <laughs> at the time. And turned out that I was using them wrong mm. on top of that. I was supposed to take eight at once. And I was taking like every day I was taking, <laughs> taking them. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Probably just confused. And so I remember leaving the doctor's office and being so elated that I had a diagnosis. Sure. But like also I felt like my brain was melting because I was like, what the heck does this mean? Like, I don't know this side of healthcare or, or diagnosis like this is not what we spent time on in school um so yeah the early treatment was um really just meds mm -hmm. that's what it was until i was about maybe about 33 35 ish that's what it kept being. And basically when I had moved out of Florida and I moved to Rhode Island, I was able to get the biologic drugs that were 30 grand a year and mm -hmm. they were covered. So I really only had two years, three years maybe of my diagnosis without the drugs that were meant to be for severe rheumatoid. Yeah. In that process, I was looking up all kinds of alternative medicine uh, therapies um bee stings which i had no interest in stinging myself what bee stings 600 times with yeah wait what i have <laughs> i've never heard this wait bee stings are are a are a, a naturopathic remedy for arthritis and, and i have met people who have done it successfully wow this yeah. is not medical advice people <laughs> do not go get stung <laughs> by bees without it, talking to your I, doctor well, <laughs> there actually believe it or not there is science backed to it. That's fascinating. I've never heard anything like that. And you know, I have mast cell activation syndrome. I'm highly allergic to bee stings. I've never <laughs> gone I've never gone into anaphylaxis, but I in when I was in elementary school, I ended up on crutches after being stung by a bee on the foot because my foot was so large I just couldn't walk on it. And yeah. I've had I had that once on my hand as well. So I, I'm 
as allergic as you can be without going into anaphylaxis, you know, knock on wood over here. Right. <laughs> so that's right. for me, that would be a very bad idea. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was laughing at, not yeah. me being allergic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and life threatening, you know. And so I had read like studies for it, you know, like wow. what level of efficacy is this? And they were giving it like a B plus, like. <laughs> <laughs> level, but not for severe rheumatoid arthritis. Hmm. It was more like moderate to mild. It was effective for. Wow. And uh, so I had looked up that I had looked up at the time essential oils. I was like, are you kidding me? And um, and now if you looked at my house, there's there's I'm looking at probably about 150 essential oils over here. <laughs> but at the time, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Yeah. Like, what the heck is lavender going to do? Yeah. But actually, um, I've done some pretty good research and even spoke in front of my colleagues about using essential oils medicinally in the athletic training room in the clinic. So yeah, there were all, all these alternatives I was trying to find to try to compensate for the 30 grand of biologics that I couldn't afford. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but now I really ascribe to different forms. I, I do still take an, well, now I take an IV inf infusion. Originally, 21 years ago, it was like an injection that I did myself. Um, now I'm, I'm IV. I've been on IV for about 12-ish years, maybe a little more. That IV of the biologics? Yeah, the yeah. IV infusion of the biologics. And when I started, and probably up until about five, no, maybe eight years ago, I was doing that and a lot of meds. And now I'm done with the meds, everything except for the IV. Wow. And I'm using alternative um, approaches. Oh, wow. I would love to pick your brain about that a little bit. Yeah, before sure. before we get into that, I'm curious, when you were diagnosed and this doctor recognized that you have this disease without the blood test coming back positive, for, I'm sure that that must have piqued some people's interest who are going to listen to this podcast because a lot of us, I think, have myself included, have tested negative for things that we have. <laughs> what are the signs that they need to look for? How did your doctor come to the determination that that was the correct diagnosis? Well, I will tell you... Um Recently, I, I had to, my, my rheumatologist that I loved just retired. And so I had to switch over to a different rheumatologist and she checked me. She was so intelligent and, and like progressive on it because she knew that potentially would switch into a new doctor, the IV infusion uh, people might deny it or the insurance people might deny it. So mm -hmm. she's like, I'm getting these. So there are new, um, blood tests out there that were not out there oh. 23, 24 years ago. Um, so when I went, there was just like basically the room RF, it was rheumatoid factor. Mm -hmm. And the thing is with this blood work, the RF, it, it actually doesn't only mean rheumatoid if you're positive for it. I, I believe other diseases such as lupus is another one that has a, a positive RF factor. I want to say there may be even a type of cancer that could be a positive. Hmm. And I was like negative for it. But my signs right away, my jaw is set in. It Probably I had that my whole life. My mom has the same thing. So I wouldn't have known that. But it's very characteristic of juvenile rheumatoid arthritis to have an overbite or basically this guy is going back further. Bilateral joint pain is another one. So both sides of mm. my joints were hurting, but that didn't always happen. It was didn't always happen at the same time. It wasn't like sometimes I had my right hand hurt. Sometimes I had my left or it was my left knee and my right knee. So a lot of times with rheumatoid arthritis, they'll they'll say, oh, it's it's only osteoarthritis because it's only one knee hmm. or it's only one shoulder. And I had several joints hurting at different times. And I think that's where the rheumatologist had said, you know, your jaw is set in. You're telling me you have you've had jaw issues in the past. You're you're describing pain, you know, in the morning bouts of swelling. That's unexplainable different body parts hurting, sometimes an ankle, sometimes a toe. <laughs> um, I, you know, it was funny. I don't know if you can see, but my fingers are like totally like bent. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. the crazy thing about this is that I honestly thought that I did something as a teenager and caused that. 
for the longest time, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember when I was mad at my parents and I was 15 and I punched a brick wall. So I thought for years that like these were from punching a brick wall, which I never <laughs> it was never strong enough. Like, what did I think I was like superhuman that I could do that? But um, <laughs> so things like, you know, just my fingers being, you know, turning and stuff mm -hmm. like that, they were happening very, very like mildly, even at 24. Yeah. Um, looking at just different ranges of motions that I should have had at a younger age. I was lucky because I had a rheumatologist right off the bat not dismiss me. Yeah. And I appreciate that. And the I appreciate that my knowledge in medicine and family history took me that direction. But it is why now I'm advocating and educating people in this in rheumatoid arthritis because not not many people are lucky in that um, idea. They're they're like me. They maybe they're grown have grown up around Western medicine, and you believe that the doctor is the 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 god. Mm -hmm. Like you know, we joke around sometimes when we say MD stands for minor deity because that's how you sometimes <laughs> see. You know, you see them as being the highest level and I'm no longer in that belief system. Now I believe that I am my own, you know, minor deity that I mm. decide I am the business owner of my body. <laughs> I decide who my subcontractors are, when my business plans happen and and every time I have a doctor's appointment, I am in a business relationship with them. And it has greatly changed, you know, my my interaction as a patient, as um with them, what how the decisions are made, you know, it really makes a huge difference. But that's my um, you know, my rant there. But really it's there are many things that it's, you know, worth just really trying to find an answer if that's what you feel like you need. If you feel like you need a label, don't give up. Yeah, uh, I, I love it. I totally agree. And I love what you're saying about how you are the boss of your yeah. body. Yeah, I, yeah. And also, I, I don't think I've ever heard that minor deity for MD, but that's hilarious. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I've seen a lot of doctors who had a God complex and who dismissed me because they couldn't find anything on my tests. But it was the doctors who had humility uh, and really cared about me as a person who were able to diagnose me. The ones who told me, it's like, you know, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to figure out what's going on with you, but I'm going to try. Yeah. And I mean, I have a whole team around me now, now that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm still not used to it. It's been over a year at this point that I've had this great team. But yeah, it really makes a huge difference to have a doctor that pays attention to you and that listens to you. But you know, I wanted to say too is sometimes we're we're our own worst enemy in that we um we make them the gods we mm. we sometimes are so frustrated with our pain or our symptoms or our betrayed bodies that we just hand it over because we just don't you don't want it we don't want to find out we we figure they're they're the experts they're gonna figure it out but it's not the truth. It, the truth is that we are our own body and it's okay to have a crutch, you know, for these things and be humble enough to know, okay, I wasn't trained in that. I wasn't trained in that, but that's different than, you know, just handing it over. Cause I, I'm at being in healthcare. I can tell you doctors do not want most of them <laughs> do not want that responsibility. Mm. They 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 see you for 15 minutes every three to six months or every year, and they're supposed to suddenly now be liable and know everything that you've been doing or saying and remember in that 15 to 30 minute session. We keep going down the same route of dosum, dosum, dosum. Don't teach bedside manner. Mm. Don't teach uh, healthcare beyond the actual joint or symptom, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's such a strange and complicated problem and for those of us who spend a lot of a, a lot of years inside the medical system looking for an answer for one thing or another, you know, we are treated all sorts of ways and 
what I agree with you the most about is that you really have to take it on yourself. If you want to find a way to get better, you kind of have to start learning what's going on with your body and start becoming your own advocate. And really, you are the only person who can be an expert on your own body because you're the only person who's ever going to live inside of it. So these yeah. doctors are your subcontractors. You're the boss, you know, <laughs> you're, you're in charge. Your, your body mm-hmm. is your house and you are subcontracting out all these people to work on the attic or the basement mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> or fix exactly. the, fix the windows and doors. But you have to be the person that has the whole picture in your mind because all of those subcontractors aren't going to, they're going to focus yeah. on their one specific thing. This guy's like, you know, I only fix windows and I don't know <laughs> what's going on in your attic. So, <laughs> yeah. And hopefully the guy who fixes the windows when he sees the crooked foundation doesn't go and fix the window. He says, "Hey, you got a crooked foundation. Yeah. Me putting this new window or door up is really it's going to break in another 2 to 5 years. Like, let's work on the foundation. Like that's that's where I'm at is really advocating for whole body, look at the bigger picture. Believe it or not, I truly believe that the rheumatoid arthritis, even though it's we see it as a diagnosis, it's a symptom. It's mm. a symptom of a greater whole body imbalance. Interesting. You know? Yeah. And there's so many diseases that we don't know why they happen. I mean, no. rheumatoid arthritis is one of them. It's like we can tell you all sorts of things about it and how it works and what type of inflammation it causes and all the different medicines that you can use to try to treat it. But why did this start? Why does it turn on like a light switch and never turn off? That's the question that we don't know how to answer still. And that's the same with so many other diseases. I am keeping a corner of my mind that says that it can be turned off. Oh, yeah. Interesting. We should continue to look because absolutely, why not? And I think that keeping that hope open for the future and continuing to search for things that might work because everyone's body is different. There might be things that might work for one person and not for another. I, I'm always a fan of, you know, keeping possibilities open, keeping hope alive, dealing with the reality and living in the moment of the reality and accepting the reality and finding a way through it in the best way possible. But I, I love that idea of keeping a quarter of your mind open to the possibility that that could change. Yeah. What is it? What does it harm? Yeah. Who, who is it? It doesn't serve me and my purpose or mission here on earth to think that every everything is going to crumble or this is going to happen or this is happening. And, you know, worry, fear, you're either living in the past or the future when you're worrying <laughs> yeah, yeah. or when you're fearing. You're, you're not in the present. Right. So going off on a tangent here, I have this alter ego. Uh, her name is Maya. And I purposely named her from Maya Angelou because Maya Angelou would never think the things that I'm, you know, these doubtful thoughts. But when those doubtful thoughts come at me, um, you know, like I recently when I went to this rheumatologist, she told me, oh, you're the other two tests are you're positive. So you really have wow. <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis. I said, oh, yeah, go big or go home. She's <laughs> like, yeah, there's no doubt. There's nobody that's going to take this drug away from you. Yeah. And I went home thinking like, oh, my God, maybe I was wrong to think all, that I have uh, a possibility of hope of remission. And maybe I was wrong. I really have it. And then I kind of like, whacked myself around my mind around and I said no Maya these <laughs> these thoughts don't serve you they don't serve me and I'm not they they don't do anything for where I want to go and helping others and it doesn't help me get out of flares or stress so I don't go into flares so I'm not I'm not thinking that anymore that that fact doesn't do anything for me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah and so like a Harry Potter like pulling the memory out i sometimes i actually <laughs> physically pull the memory out if it's a if it's a stubborn one i pull the memory out and i like throw it on the ground i visually do that and i i teach my uh college athletes the same they are full of like mind battles and emotional battles and so i try to teach them every technique i can think of with helping them you know be their best selves you know yeah yeah i think it's important when you have a chronic illness to recognize which thoughts aren't serving you and ways to condition your mind in a way to serve you better if you can. It's very difficult and it's not necessarily something that everyone's going to do, but 
Yeah, you know, like it, it could be as simple as finding a way to get yourself outside once a day. You know, mm-hmm. find some way to sort of hack your own life to convince yeah. yourself to do the thing that is a little bit harder. And whatever you have to do to do that, to see that benefit in the long run is worth doing. So yeah, uh, yeah that's super fun. And you don't have to be over positive. Like, you know, in in my realm, people who have a lot of, I'll call them RA chips on their shoulders, they're just, they're in it. They're, they're looking for validation. I've lived this so I can, you know, speak to this. Um, they're looking for validation. They need people to know how tormented they are. And, and I understand why, like they're not getting it. It's an invisible looking disease most of the time. You know, and there, I, I did not have support at home. I had at one point uh, a husband who told me that I was faking it and mm. that I just wanted to be in the limelight, even though I had a hip surgery and two other surgeries. I don't know how good of a faker I am, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I, you know, who would leave me behind and walk ten steps ahead. You know, per, you know, per, just do things that were like really mean. You yeah. know, type of thing. So I get the the need for a a validation but there's also this time when you have to you have to look within and and it's got to be within yourself you know and so like you're talking about like getting out and and doing all these things if at the time that feels like way beyond your self-care then be good with staying in bed yeah don't let yourself feel guilty about it don't worry about who that who that might be affecting own yes. up to it that's fine but that's if that's where you need to be that's where you need to be Great and, and point. be confident with that absolutely you know? so important learning how to relax and learning how to accept a flare-up day and do nothing because that's what your body needs that also is extremely difficult and takes a lot of practice so you mentioned that a new test was developed and you finally tested positive for rheumatoid arthritis after knowing you had it for years. What did it feel like to finally get that uh, scientific validation? So I, I don't know if I would have taken those two tests if I didn't have to. Interesting. If I, if I didn't have to worry about things uh running smoothly if the doctor hadn't recommended it and she thought that it was going to i was just going to be easily switched over i'm not telling you that i never questioned what i did question a lot of times Mm. if i really did have rheumatoid it was kind of cool to to know it to get these blood uh this blood work be positive like i did feel validation but i also after divorcing and well, really moving on, um, I had to create a new uh, create a new person for me and a new mindset. And it, one of them was to leave the validation behind, and that also included the label of what rheumatoid arthritis was. Like I, it, it is part of me, but it's not. You know, I'm not Andrea Dunn, rheumatoid arthritis sufferer. Yeah. You know, I'm Andrea Dunn. I'm athletic trainer. I love my favorite colors purple. My nickname in college was Froggy. My, <laughs> I love to be, you know, the junkyard dog of protecting my friends. And I know all these weird, quirky things and weird, fun facts. And that's who I am. And oh, yes, I have rheumatoid arthritis. I love it was that. Yeah. Not always like that. That actually gave me chills when you said you had to let go of the validation. That's fascinating. And I, I actually really kind of, kind of know what you mean too. You know, like there was a long period in my journey where I gave up on finding a diagnosis Mm -hmm. and that's when I learned how to kind of live in the moment and try to make each day as good as possible. And those were the skills that started to make me feel like a happier person before ever getting a diagnosis. And I think that was, the lesson that I needed out of the whole journey that is still a transformational thing in my life that I'm still kind of reckoning with in a really positive way, even after getting a diagnosis. And it kind of feels similar in a way, you know, this idea of letting go of the thing that feels like it's the most important thing in the world to learn that there are other things to live for, letting go of a diagnosis, letting go of that validation. So then when you finally get the validation or get the diagnosis, it's like a cherry on top, but it's not the cake. 
you know? Right. <laughs> Your life yeah. is the cake and being happy right. is the cake. You said it. You said it. Preach, Jesse, preach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell me about essential oils. I'm so curious about this. Um, I'm curious to hear how do you use essential oils for dealing with a chronic health condition? And what do you recommend for rheumatoid arthritis? Well, I'll give you this the preface here. The last 20 years, I worked uh, as the athletic trainer for wrestling. And wrestlers are disgusting. They get skin infections. <laughs> they, uh, they, they have to be kept off the mat for skin infections. Then you have kids who don't, they can't afford a, you know, a $200 medicine. And so I really started to utilize essential oils for, for skin infections and research them. Like this is not woo woo, you know, stuff. And so the stuff that I use more regularly now, if I have somebody who has a swollen ankle, I might grab lemon for lymphatic drainage and resin essential oil known as copaiba. And that is a great anti-inflammatory. It's actually works like an Advil, like an NSAID wow. in the body. Uh, and so I'll rub that on and that is, and then I'll do an ultrasound. It's therapeutic ultrasound, not um, the diagnosis ones that you see with looking at babies. I'll use uh, ginger and a different blend that's called Valor. It's for uh, nerves. When I have kids coming in, um, with stress or anxiety, black pepper, black pepper essential oil is a great and has been studied for like cigarette cravings and mm. like diminishing cigarette cravings and anxiety. How do you apply them? Is it topical? Is it, do you take a tincture? How do you, how do you use it? I use all three uh, ways, which is um, sniffing. Um, mm. So you can do it like you can put it in your hands and then rub it and then cup around and then breathe in and out real slow. Yeah. I actually currently have some essential oils on now. <laughs> One is gratitude um, and abundance. Um, so I have those blends on, uh, which are nice earthy kind of grounding mixtures. So I put them on usually thin skinned areas, your neck, your, your wrists. If you have a digestion issue, you can put ginger or peppermint right on your stomach. Here's a cool fun fact for you. If you put peppermint on the bottom of your feet, it's supposed to be good for like if you're tired. So there, in athletic training, you're sometimes working like a 15-hour gymnastics tournament. So about noon, I take off my socks and I put on peppermint on the bottom of my feet. And about 20 minutes later, you will taste it in your mouth because it, <laughs> it has hit every single one of your trillions of cells Wow! In, in, and come out. And I, at first, I didn't believe it. Because I was like, I must have touched my mouth. I must have. But you had this essence in your mouth. Not that you actually ate it, but this essence. And yeah. then I made one of my wrestlers who are skeptical uh, try it. And I'm like, tell me what you tell me what you experience in 20 minutes. And then you get, he's like, oh, my God, that's so weird. So peppermint <laughs> so on the weird. bottom of your, of your feet. Mm -hmm. And it, it's help. It must, peppermint is really good digestion. It's also good for um, relaxing muscles. It's good for muscle pain. Well, it's good for fresh, fresh breath. It's good for migraines. If you take peppermint to the bottom, the your t uh, thumb, put it up to the roof of your mouth. That's like your direct connection to your vagus nerve in your brain, and that will stop. Uh, I've had it. I've had it stop migraines. I swear to you that I could not believe this happened myself in less than the time that it took me to finish the explanation. <laughs> like I, I didn't. I was like, "Are you joking me?" Wow. And I, one of my softball girls was just in some dire straits with a migraine. I was like, are you, you're joking with me, right? Because you know I'm an essential oiler. She's like, no, no, Andrea, I swear, I swear. And I, you know, she thought it was a weird thing to try. So I don't, I think she was even a little skeptical. And then she was like, oh my God, that worked. I'm like, you're joking. <laughs> She's like, no, really? So I've had, you know, people with Crohn's disease. I had a wrestler with Crohn's that I used this one blend of basically ginger tarragon fennel stuff and put it on his belly. And I said, Hey, how's that working? He's like, it's, a, it's working really good. I'm like, but you're still leaving practice to run to the bathroom. He goes, yeah, but I was leaving five times. Now I'm only leaving once. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh, so topically inhaling, I, I have a diffuser. That's another um, way to inhale. Um, uh, uh, the third way is ingestion mm -hmm. and uh the essential oils i use i don't suggest you do this with walgreens or tj maxx oils 
but the essential oils I use are considered, um, well, they, I think the FDA has taken away that you're not allowed to use the word therapeutic grade anymore, but it's basically ingestible. And it has to say that it's ingestible um, on it. And it's uh, just an FYI, if it says 100% pure, actually by law, it only has to be 5% pure. What? Even if it uses if it uses the word pure, it does not have to be 100% pure is what I'm trying to say. Wow. It can be 5% five, 5 pure. Wow. So you have to really watch what's out there. You know, the market floods a lot of that because they know it's been trending for many yeah. years. Is, so what's I the use brand that you like? I use Young Living. I'm a distributor for Young Living, but I also, if you, if people have doTERRA, go for it. You know, mm. that's another great brand. That's a high quality brand. Also does a lot of testing um, on their oils. There's a couple other good ones. I think plant therapy is another good one. I trust Young Living for sure. I'll make capsules, you know, so if I'm having like a real bad flare up, sometimes I will choose to use essential oils instead of grabbing a Vicodin or a Flexerol, because I know that dehydrates me. I know it makes me tired after. Um, so I'll do a co combination of, um, well, Laurus nobilis is ba basically bay leaf. So I'll put a drop of that uh, in a capsule with the Copaiba, probably a touch of lemon, um, basil. If you think Italian grandma, you're thinking anti-inflammatories. <laughs> Italian grandmas, anti-inflammatories because basil, marjoram, thyme, um, oregano, oregano. Um, they're all really great for immune and, um, and inflammation. So sometimes I'll put about, you know, three different oils, one drop and a little bit of olive oil. And I'll ingest that. You want to always take it with like four to eight ounces. The worst thing that's going to happen is you might get a little bit of a, what's called a burp back where you burp oregano. Yeah. <laughs> but I've had my liver screened every three months for the last 20 years and it never got worse from using the essential oils. I've probably been ingesting them for 10, 12 years. And that's to say, if you have a liver issue, talk to your doctor or somebody who's well-versed in uh, utilizing essential oils before you go uh, popping them. But um, overall, I've had no toxicity to it. And it's been the world for me to know that I can choose that. And it helped my pain versus something that also helps my pain, but causes all these other side symptoms. Right, right. Totally. Along with it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, can't, I can't tell you, Jesse, when they came out with um, the opioid, the pill for opioid constipation, I thought, you have got to be kidding me. You're giving me more drugs to solve the problem that your other drug caused. <laughs> what? Yeah. So you're only on biologics and essential oils, and that's how you're managing rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, well, yes and no. I'm sitting on this PEMF device. Oh, what is that? I've never seen one of those. It looks like a, like a gold a lollipop. <laughs> yeah, it's called a cheek oil. Uh, this brand is a cheek oil. And I actually became an affiliate of it because I was so I just loved it so much. Um, and I keep testing it. I've tested it on used it on my basketball players, my softball girls. Um, I've used it for different issues for my own self. Um, like if an essential oil isn't working for something like, oh, like I've had essential oils work for hiccups. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> Um, and you know, hiccups at 3 a.m. I don't know why I had it, but once once I got the PEMF device, which stands for pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, it is FDA approved for um wound healing, bone and tissue healing, and pain. NASA has done about 2,000 studies on it because when the astronauts come back, they are often without the Earth's magnetism, and yeah. that has affected their bone density, porosity. They've come back ill and sick, and then they can't get back into their jobs. So they even have spacesuits that have the PEMF device in it. PEMF um, therapy is really fascinating. And the worst uh, thing I've had happen is uh, I didn't listen to the instructions when it said to hydrate. And then I ended up with a lot of cotton mouth and a headache. And Eight ounces later, I was fine. Mm. You know, eight ounces of water, I was fine. So I use PEMF as an athletic trainer. I use 
rehab and stretches naturally because I utilize that anyway in my own practice. So definitely using that CBD, I've made my own muscle rubs. I have a rockin' rub that I make for my friends. <laughs> earthing, if you have you heard of earthing? Is that like grounding when you come in yeah. contact with the with the earth? Yep. And yeah. when you have rheumatoid arthritis, sometimes you are not getting out of bed. So yeah. they actually have this is an earthing pad. Mm-hmm. And so you can actually hook it up to a grounded part plug in your house and um and it doesn't feel like anything, but I found out quickly it worked on the first first time I tried it when I let it I fell asleep and I left it on and I woke up with nasty calf cramps. <laughs> and I realized I researched like why is that happening? And it turns out that like it was basically I created congestion. I was it was doing so well that yeah. my body couldn't start moving the the free electrons better. And that's really great for pain and swelling. Really, I've seen very good benefits from that. And I would consider, you know, suggesting you try PEMF or um, the earthing. It sounds like you're having a lot of fun. (laughs) It sounds like you've taken this diagnosis and all this chronic pain and you've turned it into this passion for all these, you know, methods of treatment and all these essential oils Mm -hmm. and doing all this research and finding all these things that have brought a lot of enjoyment to your life. Yeah. And I, and you know, it's, I'm not, when I use the PEMF for eight minutes, I feel good. It doesn't just solve one issue. Like it may, it moves things throughout my body. When I, when I use that or earthing, I sleep better. And that's when you're regenerating. That's when your body is taking in and regenerating the the muscle tissue that's been damaged or moving swelling or processing your thoughts or your emotions that's you know you desperately need to do things that that improve your sleep yeah. you know fasting is another intermittent fasting i've done and that's really helped when i was going through with ra you tend to have like your hormones really get messed up and so it's easy to go into early onset menopause um, and so I was in the, in between the perimenopause very early, like early thirties and, um, and had like blood work of like a 52 year old woman. And, uh, so, you know, doing these things that help, you know, bone density that help sleep, that help, um, you know, improve your overall foundation of your house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to do it. And yeah. I, and really, to be honest with you, you know, being gluten free is another thing I took on. And I guess I cheat. And when I cheat, I use my PEMF device, so I don't have as many symptoms when I when I cheat and have a New Jersey or New York pizza. <laughs> <laughs> and and I will tell you, you know, some people, if you're watching this and you think, oh, I tried that, it doesn't work. I tried essential oils, they don't work. Well, I've tried yoga. I've tried osteopathic care. I've I use acupuncture. Uh, I use chiropractic care, but not like adjusting more of the other features that a chiropractor can do. And at different times, just like in my practice, certain modalities do not work for certain injuries. And that's okay. But that doesn't mean you forget about it. Come back to them, reuse them, reconsider them for other issues. And you may realize that they are beneficial depending on the situation or maybe, oh, you know, you don't think every ankle injury is going to not work with essential oils. Maybe that specific ankle injury didn't, but the next time you use it, maybe it it will, Mm. you know, so many options are out there and I spend a lot less money on using those alternative, what people call alternative or more natural healthcare choices. I save a lot more money. I'm not going to the doctors as frequently. My energy levels are improving. I don't have the, even with co-pays, I was still spending a hundred dollars a month with co-pays and, you know, people say, oh, gluten-free is so expensive. Well, I'm $150 less in doctor's, you know, bills a month. So I'm not spending, you know, even if I was spending $150, well, it's worth it because all these other things I'm able to do. You know, I'm able to be more active and do things much easier. Yeah. And happy. Yeah. More happily. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. I have one more question for you. So for anyone else out there who is dealing with a young onset of rheumatoid arthritis, or maybe the parents of someone who is dealing with that, 
based off of your experience and everything you've lived through, what would you hope to pass on to the next generation going through what you've lived through? Uh, well, and I, and I say this even to people who are diagnosed later, um, and, and that is consider taking charge of your own body. Own, own that. Don't worry so much about the label. It is a label. It is one of the many things you are. You can, you can solve many issues with really looking at the whole foundation and just give yourself a break. Be firm. Be, you can be persistent. That is a great attribute to have. Uh, but be persistent more in your care, your self care, your mental care and physical care than worrying about validation and labels. Hmm. Yeah. Great advice. Andrea, please tell our listeners where they can go if they want to connect with you online or anything else that you'd like to plug. Oh, sure. Um, I um, am a wild child. So RA wild child is tends to be my handle. You may see it be R-A-O-A wild child. I'm on Instagram, uh, andrea.ra.oa.wildchild. <laughs> Just get close, you're fine. Uh, I have a website <laughs> that is also rawildchild.com. And let me tell you that it is wild with a Y and child with a Y. Cool. And so that is W-Y-L-D, C-H-Y-L-D. And that is because the Y is for us to be young-minded, young-hearted, like keep that true truth in ourselves because we are really divine beings having a human experience. And just to remember that, I have a course on mastermind.com, uh, become the boss of your RA. Um, basically four, four main steps. Uh, there's six modules to it because I spend some more time on physical and mental uh, care of yourself. Um, and also like how to be a good patient, like so that you get what you're looking for, like getting your doctor to listen to you. And so you're not banging your head against the wall, how to advocate for yourself and get your family on board uh, to uh, really having a, a support having a support team like you have, Jesse, with your doctors and who is who is in that realm of support. People that you probably wouldn't even think about, like your hair salon stylist or your ped or your um pedicurist, like things you wouldn't think about as being important in your life. Um so I have the the course um on uh, mastermind.com and really I'm willing to give a $200 discount if they um reach out to me and they want that course um because they if they let me know that they're watching this podcast I'm willing to give uh $200 off to um because they're they're listening to you and they want more out of their you know their RA life. Uh, it's actually good for anybody with chronic disease but I um I do take an RA spin on it with a female, you know, perspective. Um, I have a, oh, I have these little books here, but this is basically a, a journal, um, a low content journal so that when you go to your doctor's office, you have all the information ready. Look, doc, I have been flaring for two weeks and it is not because of my diet because my diet's been good. My sleep's been good. It's, you know, this is uh, not so good. And so you're tracking that. And then also there's some sections in there for mental health care, like goal setting. You know, what do you want your song or verse of the week to be? What what goal do you want to um, accomplish this week? Or what is a self-care brag? What are you proud of this week that you may have said no to or said yes to? Um, so that's in here. It's got a great little organizational section for uh, like if you want your doctor's information on there, which is nice because with RA, you get a little brain fog. Um, and, um, just medication so that it's already right there for you. So when you're filling out information, you have it, um, just, and sections to just jot down and keep up with, with your life. And so that you're, you're really taking charge of it. Awesome. Well, Andrea, I've had so much fun talking to you today. This time has just flown by. It's been so fun. Your positivity and your energy is infectious. I'm thrilled that you came on the podcast. You bring a very different perspective to rheumatoid arthritis from what we've covered in the past on this show, and I really appreciate mm -hmm. that. 
I'm going to put some peppermint oil on my feet and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) And I just have to say thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your time and your story with us. Well, thank you, Jesse. And I appreciate you allowing me to the opportunity to be able to get this version of RA life out there. So people realize that they do have a choice. Awesome. Great job today. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons Naomi Adele Smith, Sunny Roberts, Laura Stevens, Kelsey Madsen, All Around Foundation Waterproofing, Alexandria Henderson, Justin Minnick, Heather Muncie, and Robert, and our $25 per month producers Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Trish O'Brien, and Hipster Leia. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast.